Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful Disneyland hotel loving <laughs> wife, Michelle. You're so sweet, honey. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I sure love you, I and love you too. we love all of you, and we're glad you've joined us once again for episode 66. Ooh. Execute episode. 66. Oh, see, now you went right to the dark side, and I was, you know, Route 66, and <laughs> cars, and, you know, fun. <laughs> and I went to Star Wars. You're so dark. I, I am. I'm, You're am. evil. Or is it Or is it like dark ray, just a kind of a facade? Is it really dark ray, <laughs> or is it an image? Uh, Do we really want to go down that rabbit hole today? <laughs> is it really dark, Tom? Or is it just a misdirection? <laughs> oh, I thought you could say mystery talk. <laughs> like mystery date. Anyway, it didn't take us long to get off the wow. rails today. We yes. are completely... And we haven't happens. even drank any alcohol. <laughs> See what happens when we execute episode 66. Right. Uh, things go kind of screwy. But we are recording episode 66 of the Hyperion Adventures podcast on September 8th. 2019. Thank you for joining us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. Best place, however, to find us is on Hyperion Adventures podcast.com and if you go on there please sign up for our newsletter we'd love to get you some more information about our show and some of the things that are going to be going on in the future yeah we love having fun with all of you and we love hearing about you too so uh please also follow us on social media yes you can always find us on social media on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook instagram and pinterest at hyperion adventures podcast and if you ever want to contact us for any reason to suggest a show topic to wonder why I went off the rails about episode 66 at the beginning. I want or, to know that too. Right. Or <laughs> I guess she'll be emailing us. Or just to say hi, please feel free to email us at HyperionAdventuresPodcast at gmail.com. And we actually li- heard from a new listener mm. who asked a question, and I can understand why they asked it, is why is our podcast called Hyperion Adventures podcast. Oh well, that isn't it. That question has been risen has arisen many, many times because <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking when we named this podcast. <laughs> we decided to make it vague and you know difficult to understand. But uh, the Hyperion part of our adventures podcast comes from the very first studios that Walt Disney opened. Uh, way back in the day before we, they actually opened the Walt Disney Studios now in Burbank. It's where you know, the original Mickey Mouse uh, cartoons were made. It's where the Silly Symphonies were made. It is where, of course, Snow White was made. Then once that was a success, they moved to a, they needed some larger space. And they moved from the Hyperion Studios over to the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. And we decided, you know, as we were looking for a name for our show way back 66 episodes <laughs> ago, uh, you know, we kind of thought, you know, hey, Walt started on his Hyperion adventure with, of course, those movies and films. And we wanted to go on our Hyperion adventure and thus began the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Technically, the full name of our show is the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Everything <laughs> Disney. I almost forgot. Everything <laughs> Disney for every fan. That's because it's such a long name. It is a long name name and we still see the term hyperion in in several things throughout disney organization and even in the parks yeah and one of the things we're going to be discussing today is 
the Disneyland Resort, and of course there is the Hyperion Theater within the Disneyland Resort, currently showing Frozen Live. Uh, in, That's in, right. Uh, so, uh, but I digress. Let's get to it. Lots of stuff for you today, including some of your favorite movies are coming to a classic theater, not the Hyperion Theater. <laughs> and we discuss the many Halloween time treats that have just emerged at the Disneyland Resort. But let's get to our main topic of the week. Last weekend, if you listen to it, you know that we were at the Disneyland Resort at the Disneyland Hotel. We actually recorded our episode right. at the Disneyland Hotel. I was going to say that. I was going to say one week ago from right now, we were in our hotel room recording the podcast, which was a fun way to do a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we, we always have an interesting time when we decide to record these things on the road. We always wonder <laughs> what mousekeeping thinks when they come in and they see all these microphones and right. a soundboard set up and everything. <laughs> but, you know, it's all for good fun. But anyway, we were there. Uh, and we stayed at the Disneyland Hotel, obviously, since we recorded there. And we kind of wanted to give you our review of our stay at the Disneyland Hotel. And, of course, the couple of days we were at the Disneyland Resort. And we're also going to go on back to the history of the Disneyland Hotel because it's the first Disney resort that ever existed. That's right. Are we going to have some of that music later? No, we're just going to have you do that noise because <laughs> no. that's much better. No, that was just really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a really fun weekend. It was Labor Day weekend, and uh, I felt like we had a lot of information to share. We've been there in the past. Mm -hmm. Almost a decade ago. It's been a while really? since we've been there. It wow. was almost... Almost a decade. It was like uh, nine years and 10 months since the last time we'd been there. Wow. We stayed there. We've been there. Right, since right. the last time we stayed, stayed actually there. at the Disneyland Hotel. Yes. And, you know, there's some changes that have taken place. And back then, well, let's put it this way. Right now, the the theming and the decor in the rooms have a lot of Disney touches, but they're very subtle. It's yeah. almost like you have to look for them. And then all <laughs> of a sudden you see them, you know, like, you, um, for example, in, in one of the sink areas that has Mickey's hands as the lamp base, um, which we were there, I think, a whole day before we ever right. really even noticed that. <laughs> yeah, we kept, we kept finding things. As, and we spent a fair amount of time in the hotel room. And we'll discuss that a little bit as well. But yeah, there are lots of nice little Disney touches that you may not notice at first look. You may not notice at all at for all, many right. trips because you may not spend a lot of time in the room. And we'll discuss all that in a moment. But let's talk about the reason why we were actually there. And of course, yes, it was Labor Day weekend. Mm -hmm. So we were enjoying that. But also... Uh, Earlier that week, it was our son Scott's birthday. Right. So we decided to celebrate it by taking him up to the Disneyland Resort and having a good time. Of course, we had been away from him the weekend prior and he stayed with uh, family right. and had a great time. But, uh, you know, we wanted to get back together and we didn't want to make him feel like he missed out on his Disney vacation as well. So we decided to take him along. Right. And what was really convenient, we had never done this before. Um, and I think we've shared with a lot of you that we are members of the Disney Vacation Club. And so this time we did the uh, using our points to get the Disneyland Hotel, which is not one of the Vacation Club resorts. And it was super easy. And I really thought the whole process of doing that was amazing. Yeah. So if you don't know this, even as a Vacation Club member, you may not know this. I mean, yes, of course, the Grand California Resort and Spa is 
the DVC resort location. If you go on to the website and you're looking for a place to book at the Disneyland mm-hmm. Resort, that is the only place that will come up. And there are not a lot of rooms, and it's, it goes. It usually is booked up the day they open up for them. Sometimes you will cancel, right. and you can get. We've gotten in there through wait list before, right. but it'll go pretty quickly. But however, if you are a Disney Vacation Club member. You will need to make a phone call, but you can stay at either of the other two Disneyland Resort hotels, either the Paradise Pier Hotel or the Disneyland Hotel. You just need to contact them, find out how many points they are, and allot it. And if you know anything about Disney Vacation Club, you know you can also do similar things at the Walt Disney World Resort, two places that aren't necessarily Disney Vacation Club resorts. However, you do have to pay an extra fee on top of that. I believe it's $95. Right, $95. Um, But that is waived at the Disneyland Resort because of the fact that they know they just don't have that many DVC rooms. rooms, And so there are people. So you can still book there and uh, use those points and stay at one of these Disney resorts. Right. And they do have on their website um, a grid that has the breakdown by seasons of how many points, whether it's, you know, weekends or weekdays at Paradise Pier or at Disneyland Hotel. So you can, you know, judge what it's going to be. And I think we felt like it was it was very reasonable, the amount of points that were utilized. We did stay one of the nights was a Saturday, so that was a higher level of points. Mm-hmm. But that it was still reasonable when you calculated out the dollar amount of what that hotel rooms go for. Right, exactly. So another fact that you may want to know, and we weren't sure of this going in either, but if you know uh, as a Disney Vacation Club member staying at the Walt Disney World Resort, when you're staying on your points, uh, you don't pay for parking like most that everybody else does when you're at the resort. And the same rings true at the Disneyland Resort. We found out actually right. when we were checking in at the front, they're like, oh, Disney Vacation Club picks up your parking. That was a, a big perk right. that we weren't expecting. We were expecting to have to pay like 20, 25 bucks a day to park there, and we didn't have to do that. So that was excellent as well. Right, because uh, the Disney resorts have had fees for parking for years. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been as more as recent as what ha- has happened over at the Walt Disney World Resort. So yeah, we didn't think that that would be waived and it was and it was a nice perk. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something Yeah, it's important to know going in that there are some benefits to this and you can book these resort hotels if you are a Disney Vacation Club member. Now let's get back to our stay. We checked in on Saturday, uh, August 31st and we stayed until Monday, which was Labor Day, mm-hmm. the 2nd. And uh, we, we got in early. We went and parked before we, we bothered to get into the hotel. And we just kind of cruised around Disneyland for a little bit and had a good jo- good time with our son, Scott. If you don't know, uh, if you haven't listened to his prior episodes, he's a special needs. Well, he's not a child anymore, no. but he's a special needs adult. Uh, he has Down syndrome. So there's certain things that he likes and certain things that he doesn't like. And so we went to a lot of things he liked, uh, which include It's a Small World right. and The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And right. we were actually surprised at how much he wanted to go on uh, Alice in Wonderland, which is like, you know, he was kind of hesitant on before, right. but he was excited to go on it. Right. We've been on that one other time with him. And then we tried to go a second time at a different visit and he turned it down and this time he was determined on his own that he wanted to, to, to conquer that and he did and it was a lot of fun that and to see him do that. And if you ever um, also 
have somebody in your party that does have special needs or has some other disabilities, whether it's hearing or, or sight impairment or anything like that, it's always great to stop at either the Main Street Town Hall or, uh, or any of the information kiosks throughout either park and talk to them about issues related to what are some things that they might be able to help assist with the disability that the person has and, and kind of accommodate that. And for example, in um, the Alice in Wonderland attraction, they spaced the, the car vehicles through the dark side of the, the dark part of the ride individually. So we were actually able to turn on our phone lights mm-hmm. to help ease that tension right. <laughs> at that moment. So, but it's good to ask and, and find out some techniques that, or tools that they can adjust things to help people with disabilities because they really are striving that everybody has a wonderful time. And of course, they also have the DAPS system. I believe that's right, DAPS, right? right? Uh, which is a system that helps you uh, if you're, if whoever you are with has trouble standing in a long queue, uh, that you can kind of get a uh, return time. Essentially, it's like a fast pass for your entire party. And you kind of go through a, mostly, usually, sometimes it's the fast pass line, sometimes it's the exit. Right. And they'll scan you in and, and you can go in uh, at a, whatever your return time is so you don't have to wait as long in the queue. Now, the funny thing about this is we got there and we realized, oh, there's a relatively long line at uh, guest relations. So, uh, and we were going to, it's a small world, which only had a five minute wait. We're like, we can go do this later. Right. Let's just go ahead and go. It's a small world. It's only a five minute wait. He's not going to, but he just had to detour onto <laughs> Alice in Wonderland, which had a little bit, not a horrible line, but a little bit longer right. line. And so we're like, we, we were like, oh, well, we don't get this, you know, do the return time, right. get the shorter time, but he was okay for it. And, you know, again, I was, I was totally expecting because he has gotten to the front of the line right. there and said, nope, I don't want to go anymore. I was kind of expecting that to happen after we waited this yeah. line. Nope, he went right in and we had a great time. So that was really, really nice. So. Right, absolutely. So uh, w- one thing <laughs> one thing about this uh, last weekend was, and I know everybody, most of the country actually, but especially Florida, you know, is going to hear us complain about the heat and go, whatever. <laughs> I know. But yes, it, it's not what Florida is heat-wise, but we do get get hot out here and sometimes a little bit humid it was relatively humid there was a little bit of a tropical area coming over us not bad but it was a little bit of the humidity coming up from mexico um and one thing about uh, our son is that he doesn't like putting on sunscreen and he's not exactly the greatest as much as i try and push it on him <laughs> he's not the greatest hydrator in the world it's you know he's not great on putting on hats or anything so we had to protect him from the sun as much as possible right. with we both had umbrellas out to kind of keep him out of the sun and tried to keep him high, hydrated as possible. But we also decided, look, it's getting the hottest part of the day. Let's go back and check into the hotel. And right. we went back and that's what our next step was. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's similar advice that we've given in the past, especially when going to Florida or that we tell friends or families that are going to, you know, the parks um, go early when it's most comfortable and cool on these hot days, I should say. And then, you know, take a break in the middle of the day, whether you go to your, to your hotel or to a pool or, or, you know, an indoor restaurant for lunch, and then, you know, go back 
little later once the uh, temperature has subsided a little bit. Yes, that's a, and that's exactly what we did. So we went back, checked into the hotel, uh, went up to the front desk, and we could, if you don't know the Disneyland Hotel, they have three towers there. The main tower, which is the Fantasy Tower, uh, the second tower that's kind of closest to downtown Disney, which is the Adventure Tower, and then they also have the Frontier Tower. Now, we asked about them. They said that the Frontier Tower had been newly renovated and that it could be a little bit quieter. I, I guess they have steel walls or something, something along like those that, yeah. lines. Mm-hmm. So we decided, you know, hey, it's a, it's the farthest tower away, but we're like, we can walk a little bit farther and use the Frontier Tower if it, you know, and uh, so that's what we did. We chose that tower. Right. And uh, I, I mean, in looking at some things, it looks like the, again, the decor and theming is pretty similar throughout all the, the different towers, you know, but in the lobby itself of, of our ho- of our resort, it did have, you know, this giant diorama of um, Frontierland. A Big Thunder Mountain. Including Big Thunder Mountain. That's right. So that was kind of cool. And some, they did have a couple pictures also around, scattering around of, you know, Frontierland from back in the 60s, I think it was. And so it was, it was fun to see. Right. So it was really well laid out. We enjoyed it. We got a higher floor room. We did a standard view. So if you remember from last week, if you listened last week, you may have heard me glowing (laughs) about our parking lot view, which actually was the most fascinating parking lot view I have ever seen because it was a combination of waking up in the morning and seeing the third shift uh, team going back to their parking and then seeing throughout the day people coming in for, uh, it was down, it's downtown Disney parking is what it actually is. And you could see people rushing because they had some sort of reservation. I don't know (laughs) if it was for a character breakfast or what the case may be, but it was just an interesting cross section of people coming and going from downtown Disney. Right. I mean, like you said, for a standard view and a parking lot view, it, 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 it did provide a little bit more entertaining than just somebody being dropped off and parked. Or right. Whatever, so. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about our, our room. Okay. So uh, like Michelle said earlier, it had a, a few nice Disney touches. And mm-hmm. I think there was one really great Disney touch that we really appreciated a lot that some of you may know about, but uh, you may not. I don't know if you want to, if it's a spoiler for people, but. Probably not. I mean, without seeing it, they, you know. If you ever were going to stay at the Disneyland Hotel and you don't want this part spoiled, skip ahead by about a minute. But uh, tell them about the interesting thing that happens in the room. Right. So, um, and, and if you go on their website and you take a look at the rooms, you can see it's kind of like the headboard. Um, we had two queen beds, so it kind of went across the room on, bo- on both. It's this wooden, it looks wooden and carved of the castle and it looks like fireworks kind of carved into this wood feet, you know, wood features. And at night with turndown service, they actually, uh, or you can do it yourself. There's a button that will light up and there's little lights coming through where the fireworks uh, explosions take place. And it plays a dream is a wish your heart makes, um, you know, as it's, and just briefly though, it, it doesn't go all night or anything like that, but you can keep the, the light on all night. I mean, it's just these little sparkly lights. I mean, they don't twinkle or anything like that, but it's just really cute and pretty. Right. It's just an adorable little piece of pixie dust that's in your room that's, uh, that's just adds a nice little touch to your Disney stay. Right. That's something you can't get really much of any place else if any place else. Right. That was the more obvious imagery of Disney at that hotel in that room was that. You couldn't miss it. It's right. amazing. Yeah. And the carpet had a lot of hidden Mickeys in there. Right. They're not so not so hidden Mickeys because they're pretty pretty standard, but they're hidden Mickeys just right. the same. Yeah. And uh, it was it was really cool. I I, I enjoyed that. Now 
Um, we did run into some issues with the room and you know, we're not going to talk too badly about it because we had a great stay, but uh, there were some issues that we came across with, you know, I mean the size of the room per se mm-hmm. we, for some, cause we spent more time than probably most people, most people won't care because most people are going to be in the parks all day right. and they come back and it's just a place to stay. But when we were spending a fair amount of time there cooling off in the middle of the day, you know, with our son who really couldn't be out in the heat that much, uh, the size was a little troublesome at times. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was more of a very standard hotel size room. Um, and maybe not even standard anymore because I do think most places now are trying to have a little bit more. I mean, there was one large sofa chair um, and then a desk chair, but there wasn't any other seating available in the room. And I think that in some other hotels in that area that we've seen, it does have usually at least a a small like round table with a couple chairs, something like that. And because of uh, some of our son's issues with noises and places where especially at night where to go we had, we ended up eating some of our meals in the room and it was kind of difficult to find a spot to eat together right. eat a meal together you know without we had kind of you know rigged up a, a little table that we made <laughs> with using a box and you know the the uh the luggage stand and a couple other things and so we we made it work but right. it wasn't we've been in other places and other places that are nearby the disneyland resort that have a little bit more functional area with a table and a couple chairs and so forth and a little more room right and you know i mean the issues that we ran across i mean they weren't they didn't you know like they weren't negatively impacting our stay. It was just kind of weird and quirky. And so one of the things that um, when you have their TV on in their local channels, uh, it it comes up with a, I think that it's called a QR code mm-hmm. um, yeah. on you, the you screen. scan on your phone. Yeah. Right, that you scan on your phone <laughs> on the TV screen. And, um, you know, after we had two, like I said, they were pretty minor. It was just weird little things with housekeeping and stuff like that, but nothing terrible. I don't want to, you know, but it was, I just thought, all right, they should know about you, this. Yeah. You just wanted Disney to know so they can do better. Which right. Is, right. Know, the, the, the purpose of, uh, of some of the surveys and such is for them to know so they can improve on that. That's what Disney wants. Right. So, um, it was actually on our checkout day that I, that I did the scan on my phone and it, it just had like one question, like what was your overall impression or what would you like to communicate about your stay? It was one, that was it. And it was one box to free text in. You know, so I explained to them some of the, the quirky little things about it. And I think it was within a half an hour. We had gone to the parks and I get a phone call. Right. Um, yeah, it was within an hour for sure. Right. But it was about a half an hour to an hour later. That we get a call regarding that. And they had actually researched what we had said because they, they had researched who we had spoken to about things and um, they wanted to rectify it right away. And, and again, it wasn't, you know, and what we told them, these aren't things that, that ruined our, our time there, our vacation time or anything like that. It's like we've stayed at other resorts in the area and they don't have these things happen. And we just want you to know, cause we 
love Disney Company. We want it to, to right. thrive and do well and continue to be successful. We, and they were amazing. Right. We were not looking to get anything no. out of this at all. And they called it and they more than made it right, right for us, right. which was um, credit to them. They did not have to do that. We were not looking for that. But, right. Um, you know, it's, it's Disney in a nutshell, customer service. Yeah. You know, when something goes a little sideways, they're more than willing to try and, and make it right for you so you have the best vacation possible. Right. And it was funny because I just kept telling her, I just want you to know this happened so that it doesn't happen to somebody else. And she's like, I just want you to leave with a good impression. <laughs> she doesn't, obviously she hasn't listened to the podcast because she would know uh, we always have a good impression of Disney. Right. And then we talked about a little bit of the low lights of the room, but let's talk about the high. Oh, one, one more thing. Mm-hmm. It, it also the farthest from the parks. By the way, and especially at this time, I mean, it's not so bad when you can, if you're going to uh, Disneyland Park and you're going to use them because the monorail is relatively, it used to come right up to the hotel. Now it's just a little bit away. Uh, but the issue with it now is when it's warm like this, the air, the monorail at the Disneyland Resort is not air conditioned. So they just close it down during these hot months from uh, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're, you know, so that is out of service. So you have to walk all the way to the Disneyland uh, Park or to uh, Disney California Adventure Park. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's not the worst trek. You're going through downtown Disney, but it can be crowded and it is a fairly long walk. There are hotels nearby that are are at half the price. Yes. uh, (laughs) That is a shorter walk actually to the resort, you know. So uh, that was the only other thing you know this is just, we kind of had to deal with that a couple times but that was minor at you know for sure I right. think you'd agree oh yeah absolutely so let's get to the highlights I mean one thing about this this hotel is the history I mean it is the first Disney hotel Michelle's going to get to a little bit more of that in a little bit but uh it is the original so you, you know when you're staying there look you're staying at the I mean yes it's been done up and it's different than when it first started but it is still the original Disney resort and at the original Disney Disney Park. They even still have, uh, well, it's not the actual geyser, but it's a recreation of one of the geysers that used to be at Frontierland, the original Frontierland, kind of similar to what you see at the Wilderness Lodge at the Walt Disney World Resort, but that uh, goes off every once in a while right there. Right, like on a much smaller scale. Right, yes. (laughs) Yes. But it is fun, and it's it's another nice thing that you can kind of stumble upon when you're walking around the grounds. The grounds are really lush. Great thing about this hotel, right in the middle is Trader Sam's, and Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it's kind of a little connected, a quick service restaurant, Tangaroa Terrace, which is right there. But you can get the cocktails from Trader Sam's. You don't get the ambiance that you get if you go inside Trader right. Sam's. But you do get the, the cocktails and the, the food and some of the kind of just tropical, nice ambiance out there. And we took advantage of that while we were there. Yes. And in the evenings, um, they also have, you know, maybe it's just like a, typically a one person band who plays, you know, Hawaiian or tropical music. And it, you know, it's really kind of fun to just have that and the tiki torches around you and very, very great ambiance. Like you said, if you're not in Trader Sam's, it's a really nice, fun place to be. Totally enjoyable. And we took advantage of that very often. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's where we ate several of our meals and we did grab several cocktails. And the best thing about it also, you can grab cocktails and take them with you up to your room or, you know, take them to the pool or whatever the case may be. Or order them straight from the pool. by the way, the pool, although we didn't take advantage of it this time, uh, the grounds there are, are magnificent. They have these great uh, water slides that look like the, based on the monorail. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and the pool is just, it's, it's lovely. It's a wonderful pool area. And, uh, you know, I highly recommend you take advantage of it, especially on warm days. Right. They actually have several pools over there now. They have three. Um, and they were hopping that week, last weekend. They were hopping, in, you know, I mean, the resort was full. Um, you know, we found that out at check-in. And, and so it was a very very lively place to be. Absolutely. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun to be there. And it's also great if you, if you do want to explore some of the restaurants or some of the other accoutrements that are down at downtown Disney, Mm -hmm. because you are very close to that and you can really explore downtown Disney and enjoy all the things there. It's especially good if like you're, you're going on tickets and you don't want to use them up every day. You don't want to use, purchase an extra ticket every Mm -hmm. once in a while. You can take advantage of some of the stuff that they have at downtown Disney. Splitsville is down there. Uh, They had the void down there, Uh, several restaurants. And, you know, there's a Disney store. The world of Disney is down there. You right. can, it's kind of like a very small, little tiny version of Disney Springs if you've never been to uh, the Disneyland Resort. It's not anywhere near no. Disney Springs. Yeah. But it is a little touch of that. You get a little bit of the, and they've, they have improved it over the last uh, couple of years, actually. And they've opened up some new great places out there. Yes. And at the Disneyland Hotel, they also have some other restaurants. So they have Goofy's Kitchen that is a buffet with character breakfast for lunch and, excuse me, for breakfast and dinner. And um, they also have Steakhouse 55, Mm -hmm. which is a steakhouse. Huh. But it also has afternoon tea. <laughs> or something we have to take advantage of at some yes. other point. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, the, and what's really cool about their afternoon tea is they have some seasonal um, celebrations. So coming up now on Halloween, some of the, the foods that they serve during the afternoon tea is different than mm-hmm. regular time. And then same at Christmas time they have. So the, the, the treats and the desserts are more themed towards the season, which yes. is so cute. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, great places to eat. It's a really, the grounds are great. We, we were benefited. And if you followed us on social media, you noticed that we had a cats of Disneyland weekend <laughs> yes. where I think in the entire time I've gone to Disneyland, I've known about the Disneyland cats for several years now. And I've seen them a, on a handful of times, maybe three or four, maybe five times. Yeah. We saw three different Disneyland cats right. during this weekend. We <laughs> yes. saw Emmett, who is a kind of a black long hair cat that hangs out around Trader Sam's and he walked <laughs> by us. And then we were near the Adventure Tower. We came across um, Liam and Ned, uh, who are kind of, one's a long hair, one's a short hair, kind of calico, kind of gray and white calico cats. Right. And it was just fascinating. And if you if you don't know about the cats of Disneyland, hashtag Disneyland cats, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> uh, you should look it up because it, they are a fascinating story and they're really fun when you come across them. It's like, oh, you just found this little treasure in there because they, you don't see them often. But when you do, it's like, oh, there's a Disneyland cat. Right. And cats at Disneyland have a long history. Since oh. the, the beginning, yeah. That's right. So uh, definitely look into that. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, also, like, you know, I, we did say the monorail was closed for a good portion in the middle of the day while we were there. But it was a benefit for us, especially in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to Disneyland Park, it, you know, it takes you right from downtown Disney. It's not far from the really, there's a security checkpoint. You get to downtown Disney. And it's not very far from the Disneyland Hotel. And it drops you right off in Tomorrowland in Disneyland Park. doesn't help you much for California Adventure Park. But it does get you right in the middle of Disneyland Park, which is 
really a nice way to just get in. The, the, usually the line to get into the monorail is not very long. Right, I was just going to say that. As opposed to what it can be at the front gates. Uh, so I definitely tell you to take advantage of that. Yeah. In fact, uh, we've at times when it's been really long lines at the front gates at Disneyland have actually taken the hike down to the monorail station in downtown Disney to enter that way. But yeah. Anyways. So that was what we thought about. You know, is this hotel right for you? Well, that's the big question now, mm-hmm. isn't it? I think it depends on a lot of things for you. What are you looking to accomplish on your vacation at the Disneyland Resort? Uh, you know, if you're going to get up and go very, very early, uh, you staying at any of the Disneyland resorts, you get that magic hour. And that is, it truly is magical a lot of the times. You can get a lot done before anybody else gets there through rope drop and everything. Uh, so you want to take advantage of that. We were not doing that this time. So <laughs> it did not really benefit us. And it would have been, we had to be in the park at 7 a.m., which is a bit early for us to get everything moving and get out <laughs> to the park. So we didn't take advantage of it. So it was kind of missing that. But if that's what you're doing, um, that is a huge benefit of Mm -hmm. staying there. Now you have to weigh it versus how much it costs. The Disneyland Hotel is pretty expensive. Not as expensive as the Grand Californian. That is the most expensive hotel in Disney. And it, it is a wonderful hotel. It is very, very close to Disney California Adventure Park. And it's not that far from Disneyland Park as well. So you... You pay for that kind of right. access. As a matter of fact, it has its own gate right into Disney California Adventure Park. That's right. Um, the, the Paradise Pier Hotel is the less expensive of the three. Still pretty expensive, um, but it's actually it's it from. I tell you, it's as close, if not a little closer to the parks than right. the Disneyland hotels, especially when you're out in the Frontier Tower. Right, where we right, were. yeah. Or you take out the issue of the um, monorail. Right. Um, so, it, it, you know, that you still get that magic hour. You pay a little bit less. Uh, you may want to weigh that for you. And, you know, if you get the a nice view room, you can watch the world of color from your room and all of uh, that whole kind of Pixar Pier area from your room. If you get a high room right. um, with a view, you, you pay a little more for that, but it's actually kind of nice. And they, they pipe the the sound for it right through your uh, television. Right. And they want. do that at all the hotels right. so, um, where they're playing the music from the fireworks as well as World of Color. However, what you might want to also do is weigh in on what the good neighbor hotels offer mm-hmm. as well. There are many really nice hotels that are nearby that are at least half the price of these hotels. Right. You don't get some of the extra Disney customer service that we just talked about. You don't get the right. magic hour, but you were maybe a closer distance in. You're saving money that you can spend in other ways if you want to. It's all what's right for your vacation. You got to kind of weigh it on on what is best for you and your family. Maybe you split it up. You do a couple days at the Disney Resort Hotels and a few more days at one of the local places. Right. Like I said, it all depends on what... It, bottom line is... Just like everything for any Disney vacation, I think the the key is to do your homework, study up, find out what's around. Also study some of these good neighbor hotels because they do vary in how good they are. Some are really nice. Others, they may be good neighbor hotels and that means Disney sort of, you know, guarantees they'll be okay, but... They might not have as many amenities either. But that may be not what you're looking for. Right. You may be spending the time in the park all day. Why, you know, what, what do you need right. from a hotel other than a nice, comfortable bed to stay in? Right. And you can make reservations for these good neighbor hotels through Disneyland website or directly through 
the, those hotels themselves. And we have a couple that are our favorites at the Good Neighbor Hotels. And if you want, we're not gonna we're not gonna advertise for them because they haven't paid us to advertise <laughs> for them as much as we would wish they would. <laughs> but if you want to have any recommendations from us, we'll be happy to do that for you. If you just email sure. us or contact us, you know, direct message us on social media or whatever the case may be. And if you really do want to have a very special time, then yes splurge on one of the Disney resort hotels because they are truly magical. Right. There, there, there are many perks to being there. Yes, you are paying for that price and especially more so because there's only three of them as opposed to like the Walt Disney World Resort where there are several of them. Right. I don't even remember how they keep, there's another one coming out every year it seems like, if not a couple. Um, but, uh, you know, so you, you kind of get that variance of price there. Disneyland Resort, there's only three of them. They, people want right. to stay there. They're all fairly high priced. So just know that going in. But, uh, you know, again, uh, we'd be happy to help you. Also, you know, there's a lot of great travel agents out there mm -hmm. that have expertise in both Disneyland and the Walt Disney World Resort. Feel free to hit them up as well because they know a lot about what's doing. And they, if, you, if you don't know or if you don't want to do the homework or whatever, just don't have the time, whatever the case may be, uh, they can help you out as well. And if any of them want to advertise on our podcast we would be happy to have you on with us and oh and yes very subtle there yes i'm so subtle so subtle but yes we would love a travel agent to sponsor us yeah <laughs> anyway so that was our look at the uh, disneyland hotel and our stay there bottom line was we had a great time um you know I was happy we spent points as, as opposed to the dollars that it right. would have cost, especially mm -hmm. on a holiday weekend to stay there. But uh, we enjoyed it just the same. And were, was it perfect? Right. No, but it was a great time. Right. And, you know, some we, we certainly don't hold Disney responsible for, for, you know, the heat and humidity and some of the challenges that we have with, with our family. But, you know, everybody we met up with was very sweet, very kind. And, you know, you just know you're there. At a, at a historical location, and it's a Disneyland hotel. Yeah. As we discussed last week, the Disney cast members always top notch. Right. Love the Disney cast members so much. Thank you for making all our vacations that much more wonderful and full of magic. Now, Michelle, we're just talking about the historical aspect of the Disneyland hotel. She did a bunch of research <laughs> this week on the Disneyland hotel. It was the first Disney resort. And so we thought we'd share some of the facts that uh, Michelle learned this week with you. Right. And I really did just kind of focus on what was, uh, what I want to say is verifiable facts, because I know that there's a lot of information on the web that when I looked at it and looked at the source, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Everything on the sure. internet is true. What are you talking about? Everything right. is a fact. It's on and, the internet. It's true. <laughs> and maybe some of those things were true, but if, you know, I, I just felt like if I couldn't verify it through a couple resources, um, that reliable resources, uh, and mainly Disney sponsored resources like their Disney Parks blog and Disney Company, etc., then I really didn't want to to put it out there. So there might be other information that's true and interesting. Uh, this is what I feel I can attest to. So. <laughs> All right, this is what she stands behind. <laughs> right, says right. Michelle seal of approval. <laughs> So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, it, it was the first uh, Disneyland hotel and it opened in 1955, only three months 
after the Disneyland Park opened to the public, which was pretty incredible because if, if you remember your history of Disneyland, that was uh, Orange Grove field areas. And so there really wasn't anything developed there. There weren't other hotels and everything. And this was not a Disney-owned hotel. The original owner was Walt's friend, Jack Rather. And um, it wasn't purchased by the Disney company until 1988. Wow. I know. That that was surprising to me. I didn't know that it was that long till the Disney company had uh, purchased it. And I think, as you mentioned before, there are three towers. They've had different names right now. They're Fantasy, Adventure, and Frontier, as you mentioned. Uh, three pools that also have cabanas that you can rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the monorail slides. They have two monorail slides, and they're, they're really cute. And so it's... A great area to to soak up the sun there, as they say, right? Absolutely, <laughs> I said it. And so, um, and also, as you mentioned, Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki House is there, which is um, very similar, if not identical, to Trader Sam's Tiki Terrace. I think at it's the a little Polish tighter region. than uh, Trader Sam's at, uh, at uh, the Polynesian Resort. I right, think it's a little smaller, but it was the original. But it it's is the, the original. OG. Yep, it is. It is the OG. So, as we mentioned, it does have a very rich history. So, in 1956, which was, um, and I think it was about a year, maybe a little less than a year. They opened the Coral Swim Club, mm. and um, that had a heated swimming pool <laughs> year-round, and it also served food and refreshments poolside. Nice. I know. And so in looking at some of the pictures of it, it, it looks more <laughs> like a current-day motel, you know, like an oblong pool and some tables and chairs with, you know, some little um, umbrellas over them. But... In that time, that was really pretty innovative, especially the issue of poolside food and refreshments. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they were kind of ahead of their time there as well. Now, if you look back at some of the classic, like Las Vegas hotels, they kind of had a similar right. feel as much as those were modern and, you know, they had casinos sure. and everything in there. But it was kind of the same idea. They were kind of rather low rise than what you would expect from Vegas today. Right. And kind of that oblong pool, that, <laughs> yes. that rectangular pool. But, you know, really nice. And even now, if you go to, say, Palm Springs, which is very classic uh, 1950s Hollywood still today mm-hmm. and you'll, you go to some of the hotels there it's still the, to this day a lot of them have the same feel to them right right good point thank you I have them occasionally yeah let's write it down <laughs> <laughs> just kidding it's true though <laughs> um, the site also had a helipad and uh, in the 60s they had daily flights from there to LAX so it wow, was forget it, Disney's Magical Express, eat your heart out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was the place to be. Um, in 1961, the hotel, uh, as, as you mentioned, the Disneyland monorail system went directly to the hotel. They gained that access in 1961. So a few years, but not many, only six years after it opened. Um, so that's pretty incredible of a movement, you know, because mm-hmm. at the time the monorail was uh, strictly in the Disneyland park at that time. And then so having that direct access to the hotel between the hotel and Tomorrowland was Again, pretty cool. I remember going there back, not in 61. I wasn't alive in 61, but (laughs) um, back in, I want to say it was the 70s and going to, you know, either being on the monorail and going by the Disneyland Hotel and always thinking, wow, it would be great to be staying there and just walk right onto the monorail from here. Or we've also, we did go through, go get off or get on 
uh, through the Disneyland mm-hmm. Hotel, and we never stayed there. I never stayed there up until actually until we did a, just a, about a decade ago. Right. It was the first time I'd ever stayed at the Disneyland Hotel, and uh, just to be able to kind of you know see the hotel and experience it just a touch was kind of cool. Right, right, yeah. I think my first visit to Disneyland was in the late 1980s, and I remember doing that that circle doing the monorail mm-hmm. to the Disneyland hotel and then back just to see it so um, but it was in the late 90s that the track was revised again and and it moved the the station to the Disneyland excuse me to downtown Disney rather than the Disneyland hotel and that's where it is now and so it's still a very efficient way as we mentioned for guests of the hotel of the Disneyland hotel to travel to Disneyland park. So it's also a great way if you're in Disneyland park and you either need to get to downtown Disney or to the Disneyland hotel or paradise pier, whatever the case may be, it's right. a really uh, effective way to, listen, you're going to do plenty of walking in the parks. Why not? If you get the chance, have a nice little ride on the monorail to cut some of that walking right. back to your hotel. Exactly. Um, in 1970, they opened a three and a half acre world of water marina, mm. and it actually showcased the latest designs in power boats, cruisers, sailboats, and it even had a fully furnished houseboat. I did not remember this at all. We were walking <laughs> through the lobby and they have some of the classic pictures through the decades of uh, what the uh, Disneyland resort the disneyland hotel look like and you know I'm like, is that like a marina in the middle of it? what is that what is going on there i have no idea I, you know. I know we were looking at it it was like is that somewhere else like you know somebody from disney took a picture of that area and put it up here or whatever but no it was part of the disneyland hotel um resort area so that was pretty cool um they even at one time had a a small 18 hole golf course and a miniature golf course those are two different things (laughs) (laughs) and a driving range um however they ended up taking out those golf amenities uh when mr rather added two towers and a convention center Mm. so uh again it's it's gone through a lot of different renovations uh for 31 years, they had a large waterfall area with a walking path. Um, and we saw pictures mm-hmm. of that. And I think you remember walking through that. Vaguely. I, it's hard for me to remember uh, that time, but uh, it seems like it was something that I may have experienced at one right. point. You know, that or it was just, you know, I just seen too much of the backside of water right? actually yeah, <laughs> on the Jungle Cruise. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it actually seemed larger than that, than right. the Jungle Cruise backside of water waterfall. It, it was a, a little longer like a... a Schweitzer Falls. Right. <laughs> Schweitzer Falls. Right. Named after the famous doctor. Right. Albert Falls. <laughs> You're good. You you need to work on the Jungle Cruise, yeah. honey. Um, but yeah, that, that waterfall closed only about nine years ago to renovate uh, areas for the pool and to allow areas for weddings. And I know weddings are, you know, uh, in big demand these days to have at a Disney resort. So that made sense that they that they did that there. And um, the other thing that they used to have on there um, was a a pool area where you had the remote control um, boats. Yes, that I vaguely remember. It seems like I remember going there and either watching or maybe actually being able to drive the boats at some point. Right, yeah. right. So um, anyways, it, it, it it's a hotel, like we said, that had a lot of history, a lot of things that they tried. Uh, they were very, you know, um, innovative in what they were doing for the times. 
And it's great that uh, it eventually ended up being at the Disney company's, uh, a Disney company property. And I was surprised again, how long it took to do that. <laughs> right. It's amazing. But we've seen that with other Disney, actually Disney parks even. I mean, just recently that they purchased up the rest of the rights for uh, Disneyland Paris and have kind of taken over sure. and we're redoing that. And, uh, you know, sometimes they just decide, look, we need to take more control of this area. You know, we like what's being done there. We've kind of backed it, but we need to do a little bit more, make it a little more Disney and, right. and, and be more control in it. And that's what they've done with the Disneyland Hotel. And it really is fat. And it's one of the perks of whether you are staying at the Disneyland Hotel or whether you're just visiting the Disneyland Resort and you want to take a little time, uh, they do have some great things going on in the lobby there. Some great uh, old classic pictures mm-hmm. and artwork and maps and they have this great uh, collage of yes. different things. It's just, it's, it's like enormous. A, it's a, the size of a wall. It's a, it's an incredible, like, you know, if you think of like the shadow box, right. uh, what those are like, it's the size of a wall shadow box of all this different stuff from Disneyland and the Disneyland Hotel. But it is a really interesting walk through. Right now they have it decorated for the uh, 50th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion mm-hmm. at Disneyland Park and that's kind of cool. So uh, I, I do suggest you taking a little time out of your day and your, or your vacation and just you know even if you're not staying there just journeying up right. through downtown Disney and just take a look at the classic Disneyland hotel and soak in that this was the first Disney resort yes that's a great piece of advice so thank you Michelle always does the best research <laughs> and she stands by it Michelle stamp of approval ka-chunk so, uh, great stuff, Michelle. Thank well, you for thank that. You, so that is our look back at the Disneyland Hotel then and now. And now we're going to move back to our Disney stories of the week. Usually there are a lot of Disney stories. I think we're still, you know, kind of recovering from the D23 lag of they put out so many stories right. during D23 that we haven't gotten that many this week. But we did get a couple. And we wanted to go over a few of them with you. And I'm going to start with one that is... Uh, based here for those, especially in Southern California, that are looking to do a little something. And uh, this is straight from broadwayworld.com, of all places. Uh, Some of your favorite seasonal films are coming to a classic Southern California theater. Yeah. Uh, The legendary El Capitan Theater in Hollywood. By the way, Michelle has never been to Hollywood. Can you believe that? (laughs) No. (laughs) She's lived here for more than 15 years now in Southern California. And we've made some possible plans, but they've just kind of got derailed. She's been to Burbank. Right. She's been to all around the area, but she's never actually stopped and checked out Hollywood. We're going to do that sometime soon. And one of the reasons is that to go check out the El Capitan right. uh, Theater. Anyway, I digress again. Uh, the El Capitan Theater in Hollywood celebrates the spirit of fall this September and October with four fall family fan- favorite movies. Whoa, what? Yes, I don't know. I can't even say it myself. So uh, we're a little late to the party with this one as it kicked off over this current weekend. Unless you're hearing this in time, that you might be able to make it tonight. But from the 6th to the 8th, they celebrated the 20th anniversary of Disney's Tarzan, uh, which they were showing mm-hmm. the film. And they also had some uh, meet and greets with Turk before the movie. So uh, that was going on this nice. week. And again, it's ending. We're recording this on the 8th. So it's ending this tonight. If you're hearing this, probably on the 9th, the 10th, or whatever right. the case may be. Yeah, sorry, you're too late for that one. But the good news is there's plenty of other good stuff stuff coming up in the next couple months. September 12th to the 25th will be the 26th annual presentation of Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Yay. Christmas. Yes, shown in 3D with interactive 4D sensory effects. 
What happens wow. in the movie will happen to you in the theater. Wind, fog, snow, and more. Oh, my gosh. That sounds amazing. Right. Doesn't that sound fun? It does. Uh, producer Don Hahn and author Dave Bo- Bosert will uh, introduce the movie in a special opening night show at 7 p.m. on September 12th. So if you want to uh, be there for that one, if tickets are still available, I'm not sure, but you might want to check into that yes. because that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, moving on, Disney's Hocus Pocus will be shown from September 26th to October 7th with photo opportunities before and after the show and a lower lounge display you can take pictures of in front of as well. Uh, Between the dates of October 1st and 7th, the El Capitan Theater will also be showing three of the new short films from Pixar Animation Studios' Spark Shorts program. These new films, which they've not debuted yet. We've seen some of them come out Mm -hmh. on uh, YouTube and some other places. You've probably seen them on social media and they're going to be coming out more on Disney Plus when that uh, debuts in November. But these new ones are going to be Float, Wind, and Loop. Those are three separate. Float, one, wind, two, three, loop. Uh, and they will be following each showtime of Hocus Pocus during that time period. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And finally, uh, Disney and Pixar's Coco will be at the theater from October 10th through the 13th. Uh, that will conclude the fall family favorites with performances by Grammy Award winning Mariachi Divas. Oh, wow. Yeah. From the Disneyland California Adventure. Yeah. Live on stage along with the Ballet Folklorico of De Los Angeles. I can say that again. The, with <laughs> Ballet Folklorico de Los Angeles. Nice. Ballet Folklorico <laughs> de Los Angeles. That, that was better. There you go. As uh, they will also be the guests of the theater, and that will be before every screening. Wow. Yeah. That's so we've seen so the Mariachi Divas so many times at yes. the Disney California Adventure Never Park, not, and you should uh, check them out. So yeah, uh, they're great. Yeah. So that's great. So. Uh, very interesting. Uh, looking forward to checking those out. By the way, they'll also be having some, um, if you have uh, young children, they are going to be having some uh, very special Tiny Tot shows on Tuesdays. That'll be the first showing of those days that they'll kind of, you know, knock off some of the extra sensory stuff. They'll show the movies in like in Nightmare Before Christmas and it'll be in 2D and, you know, kind of have right. a, a better for the young ones to kind of enjoy themselves, be able to explore the theater, you know, you know, so right. they can kind of enjoy the whole situation as well that's cool i mean they do something similar on the disney cruise line Mm -hmm. with some of the movies that they put at a certain time that actually the the theater is not as dark Mm -hmm. uh, in the room itself and so it's great that they're doing that to help um you know make the little ones get give the little ones an opportunity to really enjoy the movie and and not be as maybe nervous or scared exactly perfectly said michelle yeah As i stumbled always. over that, that no, was, no. that's not perfect, perfectly right. said if you edit it it will sound perfect <laughs> we don't do that well sometimes we do that but not very often we do, we do that um show times daily for the nightmare before christmas and hocus pocus are 10 a.m 1 p.m 4 p.m 7 p.m and 9 45 p.m and for coco it'll be 10 a.m 1 p.m 4 p.m and 7 p.m tickets are on sale now and available at the el capitan theater online at el capitan tickets.com or fandango.com or by calling one eight hundred Disney six. So now um, you've gone to that that. I've theater. never no. I'm, I don't recall ever being in that theater. Really? I want to say I have at some point, but I can't recall. I've been to the Grauman's Chinese Theater, which oh, is that's right I'm across the street yes. from that, which is very famous. And of course, 
uh, you, you see a, a likeness of it at Disney and Hollywood Studios. Right. Um, uh, but I, I don't ever recall, I, I may have, but I don't ever recall specifically being at the El Capitan Theater. I've been to the Pantages Theater, which is where they have their Broadway-style shows there. Right. And I've been to the Grauman's Chinese, all in the same, uh, on Hollywood Boulevard right there. But I, as far as I know, I haven't been to the El Capitan. Well, maybe I'll call your mom. She may know. <laughs> she may not remember. <laughs> no. But uh, either way, fine. So uh, that's a look at that. Now Michelle has a second story. And this is the one that we kind of get into week in and week out because it's around lunchtime here when we're recording. (laughs) So we decide to make ourselves very, very hungry. So Michelle, you know, they just recently released the list. And actually the food is out now at the Disneyland Resort of their Halloween time treats. And Michelle's going to go over some of the perks that you may want to check out and some of her favorite uh, dishes that they're now debuting for Halloween time. Right. And, you know, I know that there's a lot out there for, um, you know, Walt Disney World, Epcot Center, their, you know, food and wine celebrations that are going on right now. So we thought, all right, let's let's give a little bit love to this um, Halloween foodie guide that came out. Um, And you're right. We're usually very hungry. Although today, thank you, sweetie. You made (laughs) Mickey Mouse waffles, which were amazing and certainly fun to eat. It was our brand new Mickey waffle maker that we purchased a splurge. (laughs) We hemmed and hawed on it all weekend and finally gave in on Sunday at the D23 Expo 2019. (laughs) And it just arrived this last week. And so, yes, uh, we have a weekend at home. And so it was Mickey Waffle Sunday. Yeah, it was amazing. So, you know, kind of going, transitioning from Mickey Waffles to churros, Mm. because the park has a lot of great churros. And and I would not even be able to have time to name all of them. There's so many churros. There are so many churros out there. But just wanted to highlight a couple of the cute ones or cute sounding ones. Um, so they actually, and again, this is all related to, you know, Halloween time. They have the Coco Churro ah. and it makes sense. It's a cinnamon dusted churro with spicy cocoa dipping sauce. Ooh, that sounds kind of good. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have a caramel apple churro, mm. which I should say, which not, which. not which, like, because I know we're talking. Not about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's more <which>. so <laughs> caramel apple churro, which looks pretty cool because across the top of it, it has a caramel sauce and um, some apple chunks. Ooh. So see, see the picture there? Beautiful. Doesn't it look great? Mm-hmm. Looks yummy. Uh, and they have a hall Oween and hall being H-A-U-L to go along with Cars Land, thanks, mm-hmm. Halloween churro. Um, and that's rolled up in chocolate cream filled cookies with green icing, gummy worms. <laughs> I know. And candies. Nice. Yeah, like the, um, the what do you call the little corn candies? Wow. On it. The candy the, corn. Yeah, candy corn. Thank you. <laughs> the, the corn candies. You the know, corn candy. Candy corn. <laughs> There's also a s'mores churro, and it's a churro rolled up in graham cracker crumbs topped with chocolate chips and a marshmallow drizzle. Yummy. Yeah. Sounds good. I mean, these things, they are churros um on steroids yeah right? uh, and so many churros now it's amazing how many churros they've developed over the last several years it's, yeah it's just churro frenzy right the last one i wanted to share is that they have a haracha heart okay horchata yes thank you gosh why can't i talk today so it it has a horchata churro with condensed milk dipping sauce so. <laughs> 
Well, I know. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I'm. Oh yeah, I just had all these Mickey waffles, and now I'm still getting hungry. It's I crazy. know. And again, uh, that was just the tip of the iceberg. They have really creative other additional um, churros, but I just want to not go read through every single one. Right, right. Um, for entrees and side dishes, they had some cute little things too there. So they have a Hades dog, <laughs> which is a foot long all beef hot dog with Risa aioli, mm. lemon pickled cucumbers, mm. oven dried tomatoes, sauteed peppers and feta. Wow. I know. It's kind of a Mediterranean uh, dog. It would yes. make sense. It would be Greek if for, if for Hades, right? Right, so, yeah, right. That makes sense. Wow. That yeah. sounds good. A little spice, a little cooling from the feta there. That sounds really good. I know. Uh, they have a, a rest in peace strami fries. Mm. So it's rest in peace hyphen strami fries. Mm-hmm. So it's, oh, it, no. it's fries topped with thinly sliced pastrami, caramelized onions, Pickles and mustard okay, sauce. Okay, it's done. I'm officially hungry now because that sounds awesome. <laughs> I know, that I'm, does sound pretty interesting. I'm definitely getting that when we go visit. <laughs> oh my goodness. They have snake eyes sludge, <laughs> which is an Ednami hummus dip with olive tamponade bugs <laughs> and dragon fruit dice served with grilled flatbread triangles. Wow. I know. Uh, Monster 129 taco which is pork belly tacos mm. with kimchi, slaw, Korean barbecue sauce, and sriracha cream. Oh, wow. So kind of an Asian fusion yeah, taco. I mean, That's it, nice. Yeah. Right. And it's interesting that they're getting into, you know, a, a little bit more, you know, daring. I mean, pork belly. It's yeah. not your regular old chicken taco. Not that there's <laughs> anything wrong with that. Right. You know? Speaking of chicken, they have the anti-vampire chicken pizza, which has a lot of roasted garlic Ooh. on it, you know, marinated chicken, smoked gouda, mozzarella, roasted red peppers. Yummy. It's pretty yummy. Yeah. Keep your vampire frights away. Yes. Uh, they have a ghostly pepper nachos, which is house-made tortilla chips topped with ghost pepper marinated chicken, ghost pepper cheese sauce, black beans, and avocado tomatilla salsa. Wow, wicked. That is spicy. I know. Spicy. Daring. Right. Dare you to eat that. Right. And also on the spicy side, um, another side dish, which is a spicy pepper jack cheese stick, which is batter dipped and drizzled with blackberry sauce, topped with sweet pineapple salsa, pickled serranos, and crushed cheese puffs. I saw that. That's at the uh, Corn Dog Castle. And yes. I was like, wow. I know. Looks, Doesn't that look cool? The picture of it, I'm like, oh my God, that looks really, really good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, then we move on into the desserts and a, a, a few interesting seasonal things right now. They have candy, corn, cotton candy. And I know that... Uh, when we were there last weekend, they actually had cotton candy that was in the colors of um, the Haunted Mansion. So we moved into Halloween now. Nice. Yeah. They have a trick-or-treat Sunday duo. So it's two Sundays in one. Uh, they have gummy ice cream with raspberry sauce, gummy treats, and fruit candies, and chocolate ice cream with hot fudge and pieces of chocolate candy bars. So it's like two Trick or treat, two different, <laughs> get it? I get it. I was trying to figure out how those two things went together and you just explained it just in that one little thing. Right. Right there. I, you know, I appreciate that. I'm like, I don't get this Sunday, but then you just explained it. Yeah, you too. So you have your, you know, the gummy bear one and you have your chocolate. I understand part. it now very well. Michelle always explains these things when I don't understand them, which is quite often. They have Darth by Chocolate Parfait, which is layers of red velvet cake 
ganache cookies, dark chocolate mousse, chocolate cake, and that's topped with chocolate flakes and choc- Darth Vader helmet and mini <laughs> chocolate lightsabers. Nice. Yeah. My mini dark chocolate lightsabers. Very good. <laughs> Love it. So good. Uh, the Oogie Woogie Worms and Dirt Funnel Fries. Mm. I know, right? So it's funnel cake fries? Is that yes. what that is? Wow. Yeah. So it's uh, they're dusted in crushed chocolate cream-filled cookies with cream cheese sauce, cookie pieces, gummy candies, chocolate-coated candies, and whipped cream. I oh, mean, we're... you get your sugar the, on there. Yeah. I'm going to weigh 800 pounds by the time we get done with this next trip to Disneyland. I'm telling you, because there's so much good food. Then they have the churro sundae, because we didn't have enough churros. No. So we have to make a churro sundae. So it's cookie dough ice cream garnished with a churro, cajita topped with whipped cream. And cajita is a slow-cooked Mexican caramel sauce, and it's made with goat milk. Wow. I actually didn't know that, and I am studied... Sheftum. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, have it no looks, idea. It looks, here's a picture. It looks very much like caramel. Oh, yeah. I see it. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cruella de Vil brownie, mm. which is a brownie with dark chocolate and white chocolate mousse. <laughs> Makes and sense. A, yeah. And a Cruella de Vil chocolate piece at the top. Ah, nice. So, um, and again, there's so many more here we could describe. We could go on forever and yes. just keep making ourselves hungry. I but. know, I know. And people listening, why is she just telling us about that? No, but just so you'll know. You want to know about all this great stuff. And the best way to find out about it is you can go right on the app. There's a food guide right there on the app for mm-hmm. the Halloween time stuff. You can also look at all the menus for the various different restaurants and see what Halloween items they're offering. You can also, a lot of times, they will have a, a paper uh, uh, right guide food guide uh, near the entrance or at the guest relations if you're looking for that but uh, really plan out your food because there's a lot of it to try and and a lot of them have uh, mobile order capacity and if you go on the app you can see them already listed there with the seasonal food so we want to wrap it up here with some drinks Um, some the non-alcoholic they have Mexican hot chocolate which includes Mm -hmm. having some cinnamon that's kind of a traditional um, drink and Mm -hmm. it's yummy it is they have pumpkin spice shake, which is a frozen blend of white chocolate and pumpkin spice and salted with salted caramel and whipped cream, which we had last year. I thought we had a different one last year. That's There was a different one that we had. Well, we had, and I was just going to say, the lucky thing is they do have pumpkin spice shakes at both parks, and I think they look a little different. Um, the one that we had last year at Flo's, it was topped with some graham cracker Right, um, that's the one I remember. That was the delicious. We love that. We went back multiple times for that one. Right. I remember we tried that and then we went and got a second one. So now what we'll be able to do is do the one at Flo's, but also over at Disneyland Park, they have another one and it looks a little bit different. So we'll have to taste test and see because we have to do that. The other one I believe is over at the Red Rose Tavern, if I'm not mistaken, which is another great place to get food outside of it. I mean, yes, they have great Halloween food, but they have some wonderful uh, other dishes out there that we love very much. And then finally, they have some cute alcoholic drinks that are out there. Who drinks alcohol at the parks? I know. Oh, yeah, and we do. <laughs> these are over at the California Adventure um, Park. So they have the Poison Apple Teeny, which is <laughs> apple whiskey, apple pucker, pucker schnapps, and cranberry juice. Mm. Uh, let's see. They have some draft beers that they've given some really cute names. They have Stone Ghost Hammer, <laughs> Night Owl Pumpkin Ale, and Left Coast Voodoo. <laughs> right? 
Um, they have a Halloween con- concoction, which is vodka and Honest Abe apple cider, hard cider. Mm. Uh, and then one that really called out to me was Sea Witch. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh, thank you. <laughs> that has rum, blue carousel, and grenadine. All right, that's calling out to me Sprite. now. Yeah. Maybe I'm the sea witch. Really? No, but you want this one, though. The supernatural spirit. What's that? Okay. Ready? I'm ready. Cotton candy vodka <laughs> and cotton candy lemonade. Oh, my goodness. I know. <laughs> wow. The sweet tooth is calling. Yes. So I've selected three of our must-try items. Oh, boy. Here we go. And so I think what I'll do is put out on social media a, a request to see if there's some more ideas that people want to make sure that we try or give some feedback on. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, so I'm figuring... Oh, there was one that I didn't mention. It's the Ghost Mariner Seafood Boil. Mm. So, uh, you know, that one had shrimp and corn and... Oh, so basically uh, a seafood boil. Right, makes right. Sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's over at the Disneyland Resort. And then figured we'd have to do the churro sundae because that will at least get both ice cream and churros. Churros out of the way. And <laughs> one. And then the supernatural spirit. Our cotton candy vodka and cotton candy lemonade. <laughs> well, those will definitely be things we'll be trying out there. And we are going to be out uh, at the Disneyland Resort next weekend. Yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to meeting up with our great friend, uh, Rob LeBerry from the Jedi Temple Archives podcast and his lovely wife, Kim. Uh, Rob is going to the Disneyland Resort for the first time and we're going to be out there uh, to escort them in and right. just have a great time. We, we, they're such wonderful friends to us and have been such great uh, friends to this podcast and we are excited to share some time with them. We're also going to be doing the Oogie Boogie Bash with right. them, which will be fun as well. Yeah, two fun things coming up really soon. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And I said it, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks. That's a great list of some of the food. There's so much more food. Oh out yeah, there to that experience, was only about like 25 yeah, percent of what uh, they actually have on the, the there's foodie guide. So much good food to try. I was I was telling Rob, I'm like, I think we're going to need two stomachs to try it all. <laughs> no, yeah. So much wonderful food that we want to uh, experience in Halloween. If you haven't been to the Disneyland Resort during Halloween, the decorations are magnificent. Uh, the the place is decked out. Uh, top to bottom is really, they, they just do a knockout job for, for Halloween time at the Disneyland Resort. Definitely super creative. And, and of course, all the uh, characters come out in their Halloween garb. And mm-hmm. it's just a lot of fun for mm-hmm. sure. It for is sure. So and fun. it's fun that this year they're going to have the brand new Oogie Boogie Bash. Yeah, so. we're excited to experience that. We'll be going to the very first one. So we'll tell you all about it uh, coming up in a future episode. Well, that that's it for the Disney stories of the week. We never leave you. <laughs> <laughs> on any episode until without giving you some sort of vacation tip that might help you, whether you're going to the Walt Disney World Resort, if you're going to the Disneyland Resort, as we just discussed, Disney Cruise, if it's a run Disney thing, something that might help you on your next vacation. And we always start, even though we just left off with her, we get right back to her because one, she's just <laughs> that good, but two, she always has the very best tip. So let's get right to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. <laughs> well, this one may might not be be quite as big as some of the other tips. Uh, And actually, it was funny because my plan for the tip this weekend was going to be talking about how to deal with heat at 
Disneyland or in Disney World when it's super hot. And uh, the Disney Parks blog actually did an did an article just two days ago on that. So they kind of either caught Stole wind of what I, yeah, yeah they, you know. <laughs> Thought you guys talk regularly. I, I mean, know, how, I, mean, I how know. How could they do that to you? Yes, yeah. So they, and they did a great job. So you can always go check them out. Um, you know, there there are some great indoor areas that you can do. We talked about some at the beginning of our podcast here, but you know, just to add one or two more is that they do have at Disneyland, they still have the Animation Academy and that's a great area to go in and cool down and have fun to learn how to draw Disney characters. But the rest, you know, we kind of talked about and that article goes into. And so I, I thought, okay, what can I else can I do as a tip? And so one of the things I was uh, thinking about is, you know, how there's a lot of articles out there on how to save money going to Disneyland. And there's a lot of great, great information out on the internet. And I think one of the things that I, I picked out of that and thought about it is, you know, using gift cards to um, make purchases at Disney because whether you're at Disney World and you're using your um, magic band or if you're at Disneyland and you're either charging it to your Disneyland Resort or just pulling out a credit card, if you really, you know, one of the techniques can kind of help you hone in on how to not overspend is, you know, maybe having that budget of what you do want to spend, getting gift cards or Disney gift cards, and that way you can kind of control it. So just a little little piece of advice of maybe if you're looking, if you have issues with controlling your spending. We don't do that. <laughs> no, we didn't just buy a Mickey waffle maker, you know, because we needed it. Right, you know, exactly. It happens, no. So um, that that would be my recommendation. I mean, there, and you know, you can even look at it different ways. Like if you have um, the Disney Chase card, you know, if you are making purchases, uh, to buy gift cards, you also get cash back on that or credit towards your, your Disney, you know, fun. Uh, or if like Target, if you have their credit card and you're making purchases, you get some cash back on that. So there's other ways to also use your credit card to buy these gift cards and still make some dent into that. Yeah, cost saving. Uh, it's a really great point because people go on Disney vacations and yes, you, you look at it in front and you're like, okay, the price of the you know flights out there is this, the price of the mm-hmm. hotel is this. Okay. Maybe we buy the Disney dining plan or maybe we just, you know, we cordon out, okay, we're going to spend this much on food, but then there's merchandise, extra snacks, all right. this stuff that just starts to add up. And if you're you know just using your magic band, you may not notice it. If you're just putting it on a credit card, you may not notice it. But if you limit yourself to like, we are not going to spend anything more than X amount right. that's on this Disney uh, gift card, then you'll know, you know, you, you're going to keep your vacation from breaking you the bank too much. You know, you're going to kind of limit yourself a little bit. And it also will make you, maybe you won't do that extra purchase that maybe you might regret later because of the fact, you know, I only have so much money. Another great thing about this is that you could present these to the kids. Like, look, right. here's a Disney gift card for 50 bucks or whatever it might be. This is for the whole vacation. Now, we'll get your food or whatever, but if you want anything extra, right, whether it souvenir. be souvenirs, Mickey ears, whatever the case may be, you've got 50 bucks to spend on. Whatever's on this card, that's all you're getting. Right. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm limiting it to 50 bucks. It could be 100 bucks, whatever you want it to be. But it also is a way to kind of let them know and then they, they decide a little bit more. They're a little bit easier. Like, look, 
You know, you only have 50 bucks. Do you want to buy this right. thing on day one or do you want to look and see what else is available to you? It's just kind of a way to kind of exactly. limit them and not be the bad guy all the right, time. Right. You know, well, so. and it teaches them some great life lessons right. and, you know, then they can really focus in on what do they really want. Right. Excellent. So excellent tip. Michelle mm-hmm. always has the very <laughs> best tips. Now to my tip, and I'm going to go back. Michelle mentioned this a little bit more, but we, since we were staying at the Disneyland Hotel recently, and I walked by very often uh, one of the character breakfasts there that happens mm-hmm. right at the Disneyland Hotel. And so I kind of wanted to go over a little bit of the character breakfasts that are available for you at the Disneyland Resort. And of course, the big one that many people know about is uh, the uh, breakfast in the park with Minnie and Friends, which is at the Plaza Inn, which is right at the end of Main mm-hmm. Street, right at the hub there. And it's a great way to go into the park early. If Even if you don't have a magic hour, you can be staying somewhere nearby. And if you have a reservation there, that can get you into the park early. Right. You can eat quickly. And then once you're in there, you can go ahead and go on the attraction right. just like anybody else. But I'm really focusing more on some of the other places where you can do character dining around the resort because you know look and sometimes there may be days when you don't want to go into the parks but you still want a little bit of disney character dining might be the way maybe you live in southern california and you want the kids to have a little taste of disney without paying a hundred bucks or whatever it is for a a pass for the day well you can go have breakfast you know and they're, they're not cheap but it's less than buying tickets for the day and right. you can still explore downtown Disney, whatever the case may be. So here's the three other places where you can get character breakfast. And sometimes, yes, they have character dinners as mm-hmm. well. But uh, the, the first is at Donald Duck's Seaside Breakfast at the PCH Grill, which is at the uh, Disney's Paradise Pier Hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one is, if you're looking for a place that has is kind of a little more laid back, has a little more room, the food isn't the best food from what I understand about it, but you do get the great characters, of course, with Donald being on yes. the forefront, and they're wearing kind of their vacation resort attire, <laughs> you know, which is kind of classic, uh, very surf-related right. in many regards, and that's fun. Uh, Mickey's Tales of Adventure with, is within Storytellers Cafe, the Disney's Grand California Resort and Spa, and they have from what we understand the best food the Mm -hmm. most different types of food however it can be kind of crowded there if you've ever walked by there i mean the the tables are pretty closely set together however the kid they have all the best characters there and they're dressed in kind of an adventure attire so it's kind of like safari mickey and stuff like that which is kind of cool so if you're looking to kind of get pictures with some of these interesting outfits that may be the best and again like i said that that is the best food from what we understand Um, we haven't tried these because we haven't done a lot of character breakfast but this is from what i've heard from mm-hmm. other people as we've gone through there. Right. Uh, the one that I walked by many times and it's at the Disneyland Hotel is Goofy's Kitchen, right. uh, which is right out there at the Disneyland Hotel. You can't miss it. It's If you know from the Walt Disney World Resort, from the Contemporary Hotel, mm-hmm. okay, if you think of Chef Mickey's, right. okay, it's almost it's the same kind of concept with uh, Goofy's Kitchen. It's all the cool. characters. It's the main characters that you know, the Fab Five, the Sensational Six, whatever the case may be, <laughs> but they're direct in kind of chef attire. You nice. know? So that's kind of fun uh it's classic characters um they have all sorts of like pizzas out there like breakfast pizzas including the peanut butter and jelly pizza that was made famous from our great uh 
former D- Disneyland VIP hostess Nicole. Remember, she oh, had yes. her talked about her wedding. How she right. she wanted to have the peanut butter and jelly pizza. Exactly. Well, that comes from Goofy's Kitchen. Um, so, <laughs> if you ever <laughs> wanted to know what peanut butter and jelly pizza tastes like, well, that's there. I guess the food is 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 pretty good at this. And uh, every time I walked by it, it was just adorable, cute. Right. Um, I, I I loved it and I was very interested in possibly doing it. It's kind of like, oh, that'd be kind of fun to do sometime yeah. for staring by. But, but mostly, I'm just trying to tell you, like, look, there's other ways to experience Disney without necessarily having to go into the parks. I know it's obviously, we know we can do that at the Walt Disney World Resort. Plenty right. of ways to experience Disney without ever going into the parks. There's even ways at the Disneyland Resort to do that as well. Yes, sure. you can do one of these character breakfasts. Check out Downtown Disney. Go to the World of Disney store down there. Right. You can do all this. Still get your kids a little taste of Disney without you know paying for the whole family to right. go into the parks. Right. Oh, that, that's an excellent idea. And those are fun. I mean, for people who, especially when they want to go into the parks and really get to explore the parks and maybe not have to worry about getting in line for a character meet and greet or mm-hmm. autographs for the kids. This is a way that you can do it in a very simple way. And I know a lot of people already know that, but it is, it is wonderful to have those experiences and the, you know, the kids definitely get to have that special moment with the characters one-on-one, which is so fantastic. Right. When we do these tips, and we know that some, many of you already know some of these things about these tips, uh, but there are so many of listeners that uh, you know don't know right. and uh, don't uh, understand or haven't ever tried them. And so we just kind of try and let you know that, yes, this is if you want a wide array of characters in a very simple place, a character dining experience is a great way to get a lot of characters and get lots of pictures and you don't have to do much. You're going to be eating anyways. Yes. Are they expensive? A little bit, but it's not too crazily priced over right. what you might pay for many meals. So take advantage of that and and enjoy the time and, and the benefit of seeing all these characters. And even if you're going into the parks, it gives you the ability. Maybe you don't have to go and see these other characters. Take the time to queue up for them. You can just go right. and go attraction, 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 whatever the case may be. Right. And, you know, check and see what's going on. Also, that could be a benefit. For example, right now at the plaza, um, not during breakfast, but during their lunchtime, they will take reservations. And that's associated with the Main Street Electrical Parade. You can do a lunch package and get VIP seating areas or standing areas. Um, And also, if you're having some challenges, because if you're having some challenges making reservations because at the Disneyland Resort, you can only do it 60 days in advance. Um, If you're staying at a Disney property resort, they can also help you get reservations if they might not seem available on the website. on the app or on the yeah. on their web page. So that's another option if you want to look at some of them. Take a look and see. That's one of the other additional benefits of staying at a Disney resort. Exactly. So take advantage. If you're going to be spending the money to stay at a Disneyland resort hotel, right. take advantage of all the extra perks that you get out of it. The little, I mean, I'm not going to say that there's a lot, but there are extra advantages that you get from sure. staying there. And so you should take advantage of that because you're paying the price to stay there right. and to get those advantages. So do that. So that's it for this week. Obviously we're all over the place now. <laughs> So we need to wrap this episode up. Next week, we're having a dance party. Yeah. That's right. We haven't done a music episode in a while, so we decided it's time to rectify that. So we'll be strapping on our dancing shoes. And yes, we will be listing our five favorite 
Disney dance party songs. Yeah. Songs that you, when you hear them, you just want to get up and dance. Yes. And we want to know yours because we want to share yours along with us as well. Right. So we'll be putting it out on social media. So please follow us. We also, if you want to email it to us, that's fine as well. But please follow us on social media on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And like I said, you can also email us your list at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. And we will love to hear your opinions as well. And uh, as always, we really like to ask that you share our podcast with a friend or family member and let them know that we exist. We also love when we get reviews, whether you just do the, the rating or if you have time to give another little feedback review, we enjoy getting that feedback. We want to make this the best podcast it can be. And that's not just true of us. That's true of every podcast. If right. you like several podcasts, whether they're Disney related, Star Wars related, whatever the case may be, really reviews really help them a lot not only just to learn about how to make the show better but also just for people to find them it, it, the more reviews a show gets the more it gets boosted up on say uh, Apple Podcasts right. or whatever the case may be the more people it, it comes up more frequently in searches for podcasts on certain subjects so uh, if there is a podcast you love if it's ours great if it's another podcast fantastic uh, give them a review it just helps in so many ways that's it Thanks for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. But until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week.